video game, we're going to get controllers, but no system. <laughs> and uh, so we're, we're hoping that eventually we can get a Nintendo 64. So Christmas comes, we open our presents, and we get the, uh, the controllers, the game, but no system. And we're, we're just so excited. Man, we got all the stuff we wanted, but we can't do anything with it. And uh, <laughs> we get it all, and we open our presents, we're all happy. And, uh, and then our dad gets up and says, hey, guys, wait here one sec. I, I got to go get something. So we're not really thinking of anything of it. We're just looking at the box of this game we got. Like, oh, this is cool. And uh, and then our dad comes in. He's got one more present. And uh, we're like, oh, wow. is uh, What's that? And they're like, well, I don't know. You should open it. <laughs> so our dad gives us this present. And me and my brothers, we open it up. And what do you know? It's a Nintendo 64. <laughs> and we're just so excited. We're so happy. We're like, man, we got a Nintendo 64. We're playing it all day like all week, and we, we just kept playing it. We had a great time. And uh, we had a hope that we'd get a Nintendo 64, but re- we really didn't think we were going to get it. We really didn't think we were going to get the thing we were hoping for. And so many times, that's the kind of hope that we have. It's the kind of hope that, that we practice all the time. And it's the kind of hope that we talk about all the time. Like, Man, I, I hope I get that, but probably not. I probably won't get it, but... Maybe if I'm lucky, I will. But if, if we hope like that, what is biblical hope? Because the Bible, it talks about hope all over the Bible. It talks about the hope we have in God. It talks about the hope we have in his word. It talks about the hope, the blessed hope of his appearing. But is that really biblical hope? Well, maybe if, if I'm lucky, it'll happen. Maybe it probably won't, though. Is that the kind of hope that we have that the Bible speaks about? I believe the Bible speaks of something completely different. I believe the biblical hope that we have is, is something that many times we don't really understand. Many times we use the word so much differently than the Bible does. But tonight I'd like to share with you three revealing truths about hope. Three truths about hope, that how the Bible defines it, how... how the products, and and the hope we can have. And I believe tonight the first truth, of course, is we need to define hope. What's the biblical definition of hope? And and I began to look this up and and look for a biblical definition of hope. And, of course, we'll go to the Bible in just a second, but in the Webster Dictionary, it defines hope, a biblical hope, as confidence in a future event. The highest degree of well-founded expectation of good, as the hope founded on God's gracious promises. The highest degree of well-founded expectation. And we see that biblical hope isn't just, well, maybe if I'm lucky I'll get something. It's the well-founded, it's the confidence founded in God's promises that we have. That's the kind of hope that the Bible speaks of. And I know Noah Webster, he had a good definition, but I think the Bible has an even better, even a, a fuller definition of, of what hope, what biblical hope truly is. And uh, I believe, first off, a biblical hope is a confident expectation. And if you uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Philippians chapter 1 and verse 18, we'll see how that our hope, the hope that the Bible speaks of, is a confident expectation. How that it's not just something, well, if I'm lucky, I'll I'll get this, or if I'm lucky, God will work in my life. But it's a confident expectation. And in Philippians chapter 1 
And beginning in verse 18, it says, What then? Notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified. In my body, whether it be by life or by death. And it says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope. Here in this passage, Paul is struggling about how men, they seem to be preaching, uh, not to uh, preaching the gospel, not to Paul's support, but in spite of him. They're preaching uh, uh, the gospel, trying to get ahead of Paul, trying, uh, trying to be against him. And he talks about how just the struggle in his own life. But he says, according to my earnest expectation and my hope, in nothing shall I be ashamed, but that with all boldness as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body. He says, he sees here that, you know what, Christ is preached, and it doesn't matter. I don't understand why people would try and preach the gospel against me. But what I do understand is God will be glorified in it. My earnest expectation, my confident expectation and hope is knowing that God will be glorified. And his hope is a confident expectation knowing that God would be glorified, knowing that God's will would be done. And we too can have a confident expectation in knowing God's will will be done. I believe a definition of hope is not only just a confident expectation, but it's also a concealed expectation. It's, it's hidden. If it's something we can hope in, it's something that cannot be seen. And that's what uh, the Apostle Paul says in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 24. For we are saved by hope, by that confident expectation. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. But hope that is seen is not hope. And we can see here that the Apostle Paul is saying, well, if I can see something, then it's not hope. Just like if I was to, to go home and say, well, you know, say to myself, well, I needed a new laptop. So what I end up doing is go on the internet and uh, I find the one I need and uh, I buy it. And then uh, I, I'm hoping for it, saying, man, I... I mean, it should come. I paid for it, and <laughs> I have the, the shipping slip and all that stuff. And uh, I'm hoping that it'll come. But when, as soon as it gets there, I don't have to hope for it to come anymore because it's already arrived, because I have it in my possession already. And a, we, we can only hope in that which we see not. So a hope, a biblical hope, is a confident expectation in something that has not come as yet. Something we can't see as yet. So that's the definition of a biblical hope. It's a confident expectation, knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that what God has promised will come to pass. But it's a concealed expectation. It's something that we can't see as yet. It's something that is coming in the future. So we can see what a definition of biblical hope is, but Secondly, I'd like us to see what's the focus of our hope. What, what are we to hope in? 
what is our hope to be focused on? And I believe, of course, <laughs> like I think of the old, the old saying, well, there's two things sure in this world, death and taxes. And uh, the great thing is, is there's more sure things than just death and taxes. But when I begin to think about it, if, if the rapture happens, then death isn't even sure. But I'm sorry to say, taxes, well, we still got to pay those. <laughs> but we can see that we have so many things that are so unstable in this life that if we put our hope in those, we're up for nothing but disappointment. But there are some things that we can put our hope and trust in. Some things that are sure and steadfast, that won't fail us, that won't fall. Things that we can truly put a biblical hope in. And I believe, of course, the first and foremost person we can put our trust in is the person of God. In Malachi 3, 6, it says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Our God is an unchanging God. He is a a constant, the only true constant in our lives. When so many other things are shaky and, and unfounded, we have a God that is steady, that's steadfast, that's constant, that doesn't change. And we can hope in our God. And there are several ways, I mean, so many ways we can hope in our God, but just here's three simple ways we can hope in God. First off, we can hope in God because we know God will hear us. God will hear us. In Psalm 38, verse 15, it says, For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear me, O Lord my God. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. As a uh, pastor's been preaching on prayer the last couple of weeks and in the forum class and things, we know that God will hear us. If we have trusted Christ as our Savior, we know God will hear us. It's not, well, man, I, I hope God heard that prayer. Because, I mean, I really need his help. I don't know if he heard me, but I, I really hope he did. No, we don't have that kind of hope. We know beyond any shadow of a doubt that God hears us. We know beyond any shadow of a doubt, that God will hear our prayers. It's a confident expectation, knowing God will hear us. But not only that, secondly, we can know that God will help us. In Psalm 42, verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise for the help of his countenance. David here is saying, Why am I worrying so much? Why is my soul cast down? Why am I so disquieted in hope in God? When when there are so many struggles or or trials in our lives, uh, David is saying, I'm just overcome by all of this struggle in my life. And then he says, all I have to do is hope in God. Because God will help me. When When there's problems too big for us to solve, David says, just hope in God. Just know that God will help us. Because it's not an if, it's not a maybe, it's not, well, I hope so. It's a I know so. I know God will help me because he's promised to. Because he's told me over and over again in his word, he will help. He will hear us. And then thirdly, God will bring happiness. In Psalm 46, 5, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help whose hope is in the Lord his God. 
once we start to hope in God, it's, it's kind of unexplainable. You get a joy in your heart that you, you can't really always explain. You get a joy in your heart that you might not always understand, but you just have that joy of the Lord, knowing that God's in control. When, when there's problems too big for you to solve and you just say, well, I know God's in control. There's just a joy that comes over you. You, you don't understand. Or you can't maybe explain, but you know God is there and He's in control. And there's a, a happiness that God will bring as we just learn to trust in the person of God, as we learn to hope in the person of God. But we can not only hope in the person of God, but we can hope in the promises of God. As God, we know God will hear us and help us and bring happiness to our lives. We can also hope in some specific promises of God. And if you turn in your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews 6. And we'll see how uh, the Apostle Paul writes about how that we can hope in the promises of God. And in Hebrews 6, starting in verse 17, we'll see that God is, is a God we can truly hope in. And His promises are sure. And in Hebrews 6, 17, wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. And the immutability is the unchanging, the steadfast nature of his counsel. Confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And we see here the hope that we have set before us by an unchanging, unlying God, a God that will not lie, that's promised certain promises to us, those promises, that hope we have in His promises, is an anchor. It's a steadfast anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. And we can have this sure and steadfast hope in God and in His promises. Because God doesn't lie. God cannot lie. And God's promised to us some certain, some specific promises to us that we can hope in, that we can have an assurance in. Knowing that beyond any shadow of a doubt, God will work. And God will make true on His promises. And I believe the first promise we can hope in is the promise that God will keep us. God will not leave us off. If we've trusted in Christ to forgive us of our sins, God has said that He has saved us, He's forgiven us, He's washed us. And in Titus 1, 2, it says, In the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And we can have that hope in eternal life. It's not, well, man, I I hope I'll go to heaven one day. And I know I'm preaching in the choir here how we all, we know we're saved if we've trusted Christ. But do we always keep that in our mind? Do, Do we keep that in the forefront of our mind, keeping that hope of heaven for sure? We know that when we die, when we leave this earth, we have a home in heaven for sure. 
And we can hope in that fact, that truth that it doesn't matter what happens, we have that sure home in heaven. Because God, He's promised to finish the work He started in us. In Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And God, He's promised to finish that work. He's promised to take us to heaven with Him someday. Even though it seems like it just we forget sometimes. I know it's true in my life. Sometimes I just get so busy, I... I forget about the glorious home in heaven I have someday. And that's a great, a great motivator, a great comfort, knowing that God has prepared a home for me and that God will keep me. That, that doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. God has promised to keep us. But not only that, God has promised that he will come back for us someday. In Titus it says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. That blessed hope. It's another thing that I catch myself forgetting so often, that Christ is coming again. Something that I should be thinking on every day as as Paul continually wrote about that blessed hope. How that Jesus Christ is coming again. How that it's not an if, it's not a maybe, it's not, well, I hope so. It's a sure thing that Christ is coming again. And it's so obvious as we look around the world, how that we see just so many things coming together for the coming of Christ. And yet, the same thing was true in Paul's day. The same thing will be true until Christ comes again. But he will. It's a sure, it's a steadfast thing. And as you look throughout the Bible, whenever it speaks of that blessed hope, how whenever it speaks about the second coming of Christ, when it speaks about the rapture, It's a sure thing. It's not a doubt, it's not an if, it's not a maybe, but it's a sure truth from God's word. And we can see that we can trust in the promises of God. That God, he's promised to take care of us. He's promised to help us. He's promised to hear us. And he's promised to bring happiness in our lives. And he's promised to keep us. He's promised to come back for us. And we can hope in the promises of God. And we know these things. But let's keep them in the forefront of our minds. Let's keep them, keep thinking on these things and meditating on these things as God commands us to do. As it will bring joy in our life. And we'll see in just a moment how it will bring a confidence in our life. So we've seen what the definition of biblical hope is. We've seen what the focus of our hope should be upon. And then finally I'd like to see the product of hope. As we've seen what we should hope in, as we've seen what a true biblical hope is, let's finally look at what that product of that hope will be. And in Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 6, it tells us at least two products of hope. It says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. The confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm unto the end. And we can see here the two products of hope are confidence and rejoicing. And we can see that that hope produces confidence. Like it says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, 
And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. As the tribulations come, how Paul says, when tribulations come, when we begin to hope in God, it will build patience in our life. Because, I don't know about you, but I like to see things happen now. I I like to just, I don't want to have to wait. I mean, I work at a fast food restaurant. I'm used to just things coming up right as they should. But God wants to teach us patience. God wants to teach us to just wait a second. As the the trial comes, God won't always just give us the answer we're looking for. But God will teach us patience. And after he teaches teaches us patience, he begins to teach us experience. As we go through the trials, we, we know how God works in our lives. We know what things are coming up. And God teaches us experience. And as we learn that experience, it gives us hope. It gives us a confident expectation. Knowing that God will work. Knowing that, hey, I've been through that before. Hey, I know what God's going to do. I know God's going to answer. I know God is going to help me in this trial. Because it builds confidence in a God that is so much greater. Because if we keep our focus on God, then we know that God will work. We know God will provide our needs. We know that God is an omnipotent God. The God who created this universe, the God who saved your soul, is the same God that loves you personally. Is the same God that desires a personal relationship with you. He's the same God that can provide for your needs. He's the same God that will give you confidence, that will give you joy, that will help you and provide for you in any trial, in any tribulation. And we can test. When our, when our hope is tested, it proves the reliability of God. When, when our hope is tested in God, when we begin to hope in God, but it seems like the answers aren't coming, it proves the reliability of God because He will work. He will prove Himself faithful. But sometimes I think of when I was using my GPS this summer, it, it's not always reliable. When I think of when I was using my GPS, we were... Uh, me and the two guys I was traveling with, we were traveling from uh, Great Falls, Montana, which is north central Montana, and we moved, uh, we drove all day all the way to Nampa, Idaho, which is southwest Idaho. So it was like a 10 hour drive. It was really long, and I was driving the whole day, and I was tired. So I'm just, I type in the, the address in the GPS, and I'm just looking at that. Just, I don't care what's on the road. I'm just, I want to get home, or I want to get where I'm going. So I'm driving all day, I'm tired, and we finally get to Nampa, and we're driving in, and, and it says, I've got one more turn to make, that's all i got to make, and then I'm there. I'm like, yes, I'm almost there. I get to finally just get out of the car. And uh, it says, make a right. So I make a right, and uh, both the guys in the car are like, Nick, what are you doing? The church is right there on the left. <laughs> so I made the right. I wasn't paying attention, I was just looking at the GPS. And... Uh, it led me the wrong way. I mean, for all the other trip, the rest of the trip, it led me the right way. But that one time, it led me the wrong way. It was not reliable. I, I felt kind of stupid going the wrong way when the church was right there. <laughs> but 
We have a God that's so much more reliable than that. We have a God that we truly can hope in. We have a God that won't fail us, that won't forsake us. And we can have a God that we can truly have confidence in. But not only that, when we hope in God, it produces joy in our life. In Romans 15, 13, Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope that we abound in hope in will fill us with joy. As you begin to see God work in your life, as you begin to hope in God, and you see Him working in your life, as you trust in Him, and not, not in all the, 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 the falling and faulting things around you, but as you begin to hope in God, you truly begin to see the loving and personal God that we have. You truly get to see the, the God that's totally in control. That nothing is, is too hard for Him, as it says in Genesis. He's a God that will provide for our needs. He's a God that wants to have a personal relationship with us. He's a God that will help us, that will comfort us, that will give us a great and amazing joy as we stop worrying and just trust in God. As we stop worrying and just hope in the promises of God. And it gives us such a great joy when we see the amazing God that we have. And this joy will, this hope will produce joy and confidence. So to, to kind of close this whole study up tonight, if you turn your Bibles back to Romans chapter 4, and we'll read the next couple of verses. We'll start in verse 18. But we'll kind of tie all together how this same hope is exemplified in Abraham. How, how we can see that as Abraham hoped in God, it truly transformed his life. In Romans chapter 4 and verse 18 it says, Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And we see that Abraham, even though he was 100, even though his wife was 90, even though they were so old, it seemed like there was no way they could have a kid. There, it seemed there was no way for God's promises to come forth. It seemed like there was no way. But he hoped in God. Against hope, he believed in hope. Against the hope we talk about, man, maybe if I'm lucky it'll happen. Against that hope, he believed in hope. That confident expectation in God. And he believed that God, who had promised, was also able to perform that which he promised. And we have the same God who has not only promised to provide for us, he's not only promised to lead us in his will, he's not only promised to love us and to give us an amazing joy and confidence in him, but he's also able to perform that same promise. We don't have to worry one bit about if God can do something. Because he can. And he will provide and bless and give us such a great, amazing joy and confidence in him. If we just 
learn to not worry, but we learn to hope in Him. And just in closing, if we learn this hope, if we learn to hope in God like we should, it will truly transform our life. And it's my hope that every time we look in God's Word and and see the hope that we have, that we'd see it in a whole different way. We'd see the, the true hope that we have in God if we just quit worrying and just trust in God. And with that, let's uh, close in a word of prayer. Dear Holy Father, Lord, we thank you for tonight, Lord, and we thank you for the hope we can have in you. We thank you, Lord, that against hope we can believe in hope. We thank you, Lord, that that hope is, is sure, that hope is confident because of you, because you are sure, because you're immutable, because you are a constant in our lives that, that loves us, that is omnipotent, that, that is just an amazing God, Lord. And I pray that you'd help us to hope in you, hope in your promises, Lord, knowing that you'll hear us, that you'll help us, that you'll bring happiness and confidence in our lives, that you'll redeem us, Lord. And I pray that you'd help our, our perception of hope to be tr- totally transformed. And I pray that, Lord, you'd bless us, give us a great night tonight, give us a safe ride home. And, Lord, I just thank you again for this opportunity to preach. And I pray that we'd all be transformed by the truths of your word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.